Get Out of Your Own Way with Brittany A. Johnson is a podcast where we learn all of the ways we trip, stumble, and get in our own way and what we can do to get out of it. I want to insert this disclaimer that while I am a licensed mental health therapist, this is not therapy. This is not a substitute for therapy. This is, however, something that you can listen to to give you some insight, give you some ideas, some things to think about, and work with the therapist in your local area if you need one. Stay tuned for today's episode. Welcome to today's episode. We're going to kind of talk about one of my all-time favorite topics or favorite things to do with my clients, and that is teaching people how to do what I call follow the facts, follow the logic. Before we get into reasons that we need to follow the logic or needed to follow the facts, let's talk a little bit about how we get caught up in our emotions or how our emotions start to drive our behavior and we get a little bit off balance with that because there is a certain thing of having balance between logic and emotion, right? And so people who are in the middle of that scope or in the middle of that scale, they have a really good understanding of how emotions work, but they also have an equally good understanding of how logic impacts that and how you have to use logic as well. Because if we drive simply from emotion, then we tend to react differently than we might want to or react in ways that almost always causes conflict in our relationships. So using that logic is super important. So what are the things that kind of get in the way or the things that make it hard for us to do that? The number one and overwhelming thing, or not even overwhelming, just the number one thing is that our worldview. So our worldview is typically comprised or includes kind of how we were raised, our beliefs about situations, what we've learned from our family and friends about their beliefs about situations, books we've read, experiences that we've had, like all of those things make your worldview. And while many of us have the ability to kind of walk around and be objective and be, you know, kind of neutral on situations, there are certain situations, certain topics where we're not able to do that, right? There are certain topics where we immediately respond from emotion first, whether that's because of fear or that's because of, you know, anger or what have you, but we respond emotion first. And then we find ourselves having to do a lot of cleanup on the back end to try to mend the relationship that we may have damaged when we responded emotionally or to, you know, feel like we need to justify ourselves or work on that embarrassment and shame that we may be feeling because we, again, acted out of emotion. So the experiences that we have are probably one of the number one things that drives our worldview. So if you grew up in a family where, you know, it was pretty loving and caring, you were emotionally supported, you were physically supported, your parents had, you know, expectations of you, but they were not outrageous with how they responded if you did meet the expectation. So people who grew up in those situations tend to have a better angle on being able to see the world from that kind of lens of we are all here we are all doing our best but we are allowed to make mistakes but for some of us we were raised in situations where because of our parents stress level or because of our parents situations there was a little bit more chaos a little bit more stress so for for those of us who are in those situations we tend to kind of see the world from the lens of well I'm going to do my best this might go wrong and I need to be ready to be you know defend myself and then are people if you you know go down through the aces you know scores or you go down through other things where they really do kind of have a harder time with being able to use that logic they tend to typically respond straight from that survival or emotional standpoint but early in my career I learned about how to help people who who have those situations how to help people who come into therapy um, and they're having a lot of conflict in their lives 
you know, what to do with them. So one of the first theories that I really kind of, I'm going to use the word fell in love with. I don't mean that like, oh my God, I'm dreamy, but just really enjoyed, really resonated with was REBT or that rational emotive behavioral therapy. And it was developed by Albert Ellis um, or Dr. Albert Ellis, I'm sorry. And in that theory, the thing that really made me kind of resonate with it was that it focused on your belief. So based on his theory and that theory, you react to something because of what you believe about it or yourself. And so as I was working with clients back then, using that modality or, or through that, looking at clients through that lens, I really started noticing that a lot of us respond based on our belief about a situation, right? So if I think you are trying to harm me, I'm going to respond that way. If I think you think you are better or superior, I'm going to respond that way. If I think this, then I'm going to respond that way. And so based on that, it's like, you know, your belief system is what's driving you to behave. And that can also and does also include like those religious beliefs, right? So if you grew up in a Christian home or, you know, whatever religion you grew up in and your parents were, you know, dedicated to it, then you typically also know that you look at the world through that lens as well. So you look at the world through whatever you've learned in the Bible or whatever book you're looking at or the lessons that you are getting from your leaders, And we know just from developmental standpoint that most kids or most people don't start to challenge their worldview or change it until they get to that adolescent phase and that young adult phase. So you probably know yourself or have met people that as soon as they got to college, things really started changing for them. For some people, it was extremely overwhelming and they really couldn't handle it. But for others, it was just like, you know, this is easy. This is second nature. Like I am okay to kind of do what I want and and move in a way that I want to move. But again, for some people, that wasn't the case. But because of that, because those worldviews were being changed, people started actually changing the way that they looked at things and the way they responded to things. And sometimes that caused conflict when they got home or conflict among their, you know, older friends. I mean, and when I say older friends, I mean those friends that they probably had since elementary or friends from church or just friends from before they went to college. But for others, again, it's kind of an easy thing. So as I kind of have fast forwarded through my career, because my intriguement or my connection with REBT was early in my career. So, you know, as we my career has progressed and I've done my studying and more, you know, trainings, I really have now kind of fallen in love with and really resonate with uh, EMDR or that eye movement is incitization reprocessing. And in particular, I really kind of resonate with the training I went through, which was through a certain company. I'm not going to this isn't a a podcast about getting out shout outs, but the EMDR training I went through added the part about focusing on the belief system. And so because, again, going back to my love for that REBT, because it talks about belief system. EMDR just naturally fit, you know, connect. I naturally connected with it. I was able to start looking at all of my clients through understanding what their belief was about themselves, their belief about the world, just beliefs in general. And the thing that that EMDR has been able to kind of help me do is to really be able to see that many of us have, you know, at least three negative beliefs that we're kind of working from. And it doesn't necessarily mean that these negative beliefs 
you know, cause you to need to go to therapy and, and, you know, use EMDR therapy for that. They're just, you know, things that you kind of think about yourself in a negative way. And again, they may not be impacting your life to where you need therapy, but there's always something, right? You'll hear people who say things like, you know, man, I just, if I did this better, if I did that better, like I would really be good enough or I just don't feel like I deserve the things that I'm getting right now. I feel like, you know, my life is a dream, so to speak. So that's kind of those beliefs that we're talking about. And so when you are looking at those beliefs and that worldview, it's easy, especially again, if you're working from some negative beliefs of in related to survival. So those things related to someone might be trying to harm me. I can't trust what people are doing. I can't trust the world. I'm responsible for everything. I'm responsible for everyone. The weight of the world is on my shoulders. The weight of my family is on my shoulders. When you have people who, who live in that in that world, and again, this isn't to make fun or make light or call these people out or people who are like that out. This is just simply to to talk about that. This is how it kind of happens where we get really driven by our emotion. Um, And so when you're in that space, it's easy for you to respond to everything based on that. So any situation that is presenting to you, you'll find yourself responding from this place of, am I on defense? Do I need to be, get my guards up? Can I trust that this person is, is not trying to harm me? And so when you're doing that, that emotional, your emotional sensor is is turned up high and your logic is turned down low. And so it makes each situation you enter, you're on defense or you're coming kind of more of aggressive or more challenging or confrontational. It makes the people you're interacting with be really nervous and be really off guard. And in a lot of ways, you probably if you're if you're resonating with this message at this point, you probably can look back through your life and through your relationships to see where people were probably giving you really odd stares or making statements like, I just can't, you know, I need to protect my peace at this point. I really just can't be around you because it's always something. And I'm, I love you. I'm not trying to hurt you. So, you know, don't knock yourself too hard if that's who you are, where you are, because you may not have known that you were doing that. And so here we are just kind of talking about that today. So that's one reason that we do it. The other thing that kind of increases our inability to use logic or facts is stress and anxiety. Everybody in the world, no matter where you are, what you do, how great, how bad, whatever, you we all experience stress and anxiety at some point. Anxiety, as we know, is tied to our central nervous system. So that is just that your body's natural alert system. So that gets triggered almost every day about different situations for most people. For some who do have anxiety disorders, you know, it's a lot more, it's a lot more intense. But for people who don't have anxiety disorders, you still experience that kind of anxiety when you, you know, maybe about to drive to a new place you've never been. So that uncertain moments, you know, you are driving in a situation or you're in a situation and your body just kind of triggers you or notifies you to kind of be on alert. You know, those situations that also kind of causes us to use more um, emotion. So again, it's not that you're afraid. It's just those uncertain moments can, you know, cause us to respond emotionally first. And then we kind of stay there because for a lot of us, we may not know how to walk ourselves back down or calm ourselves back down to be able to to do something different. Right. And so in, in addition to those past beliefs, those that stress and anxiety, we're also looking at like at that point now fear has shown up. Right. So now we have fear. And again, not a fear of that. You can't handle yourself or defend yourself or manage the situation. Just that general fear of I'm not sure what I need to do. I'm not sure which which protection or not protection, like which way I need to kind of present. So 
you know, that's kind of what happens for that. Now, there are some people who are on the complete other side of that. And those are what I like to call those concrete or extremely logical fact based only thinkers. So those are people who really have a hard time even adding emotion, period. So you'll hear people say, you know, I am a black and white thinker. Either you did this or you didn't. And this is the consequence or the reward. Right. There's not a lot of space to you know, consider what might have been going on emotionally or on the backside. They they stick strictly to it is or it isn't. And so just as much as that people who respond from the emotional can cause conflict. Imagine what happens if you are constantly the logical thinker in the group or you're constantly one bringing up, you know, well, let's stick to just black and white. We don't have any space for in between. It is it's all or nothing that causes the exact same type of feelings and people that you're interacting with. And therefore, again, you might get those messages like, oh, I need to protect my peace. So I'm going to distance myself or, you know, I really don't have time to deal with this right now. Like I need to talk to somebody that's going to kind of have my back. And then if you are this logical thinker, your feelings at that point are also likely hurt because you're not trying to do that to not support. In fact, in your mind, that is the best way to support someone, right? So just like we talked about reasons that people think overly with emotion, especially when it comes to things like anxiety and stress, the same thing happens for people who are concrete or logical thinkers. Because of their past experiences, maybe related to people not meeting their needs or their needs just not getting met. Maybe it's related to that they had to kind of grow up too soon or be more responsible at a younger age or just anything kind of related to situations where they were kind of on their own earlier or felt like they were on their own earlier. That also can make is what kind of typically causes someone to be a logical thinker. For other people, being a logical thinker really falls under the category that it's just the safest way for them to exist. Because maybe they've had experiences in the past where their feelings have been extremely hurt when they were being vulnerable. And we had the episode already on being vulnerable, what that looks like. So you can circle back to that one if you need more information on that. But, you know, imagine trying to be vulnerable and it doesn't work out numerous times. For a lot of people, when they've had those kind of repeated situations where they're trying to be vulnerable or where they're trying to do something and they get hurt, it kind of makes them want to put a wall up. And you've heard people say that in friendships and relation, especially in relationships, right? You hear people in relationships say that my wall is up because I've been hurt so much. And so you'll see people in that space while they are being extremely emotional. They're also really being concrete with if this person does this or that, I am out. I am not dealing with them. I am leaving. I don't want anything to do with it. Right. So those logical or are extremely logical. Let me say that because logical thinking is a skill. It's it's a great skill to have. So when I'm talking about in this space is those kind of concrete thinkers where again there. Everything is black and white. Everything is is or isn't. And there's not much space for anything else. So either way that you kind of fall in that. Um, those lot, the extremely concrete thinkers or the extremely emotional thinkers typically come from the same types of situations. It's just the way that they're responding or the way that they're deciding to kind of protect themselves or move forward. You also find people who are extremely concrete thinkers because it's just easy for them. They are, you know, used to doing things that just rely strictly on facts and everything else is just kind of not needed for them. I remember, you know, in college, they talked about those are people who typically become accountants, right? So they are people who can just sit down, crunch numbers. Everything needs to make sense from a number standpoint. There's not really room to interpret anything differently. 
it's it's either two plus two is four or it's not right so there's nothing wrong with being a logical thinker where it gets problematic for either being a logical thinker or an emotional thinker is how it impacts your daily life how it impacts your relationships and needing to be able to kind of make some adjustments right because that's also needed so if you are kind of this logical thinker the importance of adding emotion is because it does help your relationships. It does help you be able to understand the total picture of why someone is doing something. Not that it necessarily needs to change the way that you you know, move forward with them in the future or change your decision around them, but at least being able to add that emotional piece in because socially it helps relationship based wise. Our relationships are, are definitely built on emotion. So it's needed in those moments. And then on the flip side, if you are an extremely emotional responder or thinker, being able to add that logic in can give you new insight. It can give you new ways to think about things. It can give you an increased ability to be able to make decisions that don't cause an additional kind of trauma or turmoil or conflict. Because again, if you are responding strictly from emotion or strictly from concrete thinking, it tends to leave the same feeling in people who are around you. So what do you do? What can you do if you want to be someone who starts following the facts? Let's start there. If you want to be someone who follows the facts, then the number one thing you want to do first is regulate yourself. And that can look how, you know, how it looks for you. If you need additional help on that, make sure you schedule time to meet or sign up for a course or what have you to learn about how to, you know, regulate yourself. Because we know that it is impossible to have anxiety in a calm body. And what I mean by that is if your body and your brain are, are calm, not like completely turned off or numb or disassociating, but just calm where you're kind of in a good headspace, you're, you know, you're not tired, you're not hungry, all those things. It's impossible to kind of feel anxiety. The other thing is that looking for the facts and then add an emotion. So let's say you are looking at a situation um, where, where some he say, she say, regardless to what the he say, she say is. Looking at the facts would mean that you would either go to the transcript if it's something that was written somewhere or typed or said online, or you're going to go directly to the person and ask questions, or you're going to go to the books. You're going to go to wherever you can get the information on paper or verbal or somehow, you know, some way that lets you know that this is exactly what was said. This is exactly what was done. And this is how, when, and where. So when you add those facts and you're able to, you know, really be able to look at, okay, while I might be feeling emotional about this, I might be feeling like I'm being attacked or someone's quote unquote coming at me. If I start looking at the facts, then I really can understand and see like, well, I'm, I'm probably feeling that because of my own stuff, but this person actually is just giving me information and they might be delivering it in a way that is not helpful to you. And then that's a different conversation about how to handle that. But being able to say like, I don't need to respond in an attack way or in a confrontational way, because that's not what's needed here. And so those are the kind of what you would do if you are this emotional side for the person who's a, in, you know, an extremely logical or concrete thinker, you want to be starting to look at what kind of feelings can I add in there safely that feel good for me? Can I look at this person and see that their body language is giving off that they are maybe in distress or that they are maybe feeling a different way? Because people who are emotional thinkers typically also react physically in the same way. So you'll see certain looks on their face, um, body language will shift and being able to start looking and reading that to see, do I need to do something different? 
is there something that I can, you know, ask them to kind of add in to understand what the emotion is behind it for them? Because it could be that the emotion is needed and that, that their emotional response is really because they are on alert, they're afraid, and you need to be as well, right? So sometimes when you're too concrete, it takes away your ability to notice that danger is actually approaching. And so being able to look at that either way is going to be important. And so as we kind of wrap this whole thing up today and we kind of end for today, just really want you to be thinking about reasons that we tend to be overly you know, emotional or concrete thinkers and how they tend to come from the same way. But that if you follow the facts, you will tend to find that you'll be in a better space. You'll be able to get more information. You'll have an additional insight and you can make decisions that you may not have to go back and retract or do some cleanup work on because this wasn't a kind of rash decision. Until next time. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you found the episode insightful and helpful to you on your journey. Please hit the subscribe button and also leave a rating and a comment if you are listening on iTunes and Spotify. If you'd like to stay connected with me, please follow me on social media at Brittany A. Johnson LMHC on Instagram and LinkedIn and Brittany A. Johnson on Facebook. You should also head over to my website and subscribe to the mail list so that you can stay fully connected and be first to know when something new is coming out. And that's BrittanyAJohnson.com. Until next time.